Welcome once again to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at Wide Teams. We are also available in the iTunes Music Store. Just a quick reminder, if you're enjoying this show, please let your friends and colleagues know about it. And if you listen on iTunes, uh, please take a moment to rate the show in the iTunes Music Store. I'd really appreciate that. Today's guest is a busy man. Keith Casey develops PHP software with Blue Parabola, heads up the open source web to project project, and organizes conferences, and he does it all from his home in Austin, Texas. I talked to Keith about how working remotely gives him more time for his many pursuits, the differences between managing commercial and open source software projects, and about his strategies for maintaining communication in a fully distributed team. Enjoy. This is Avdi Grimm with WideTeams.com, and I'm talking today with Keith, Keith Casey um, of Blue Parabola. Uh, hello, Keith. Hello. How are you? I am doing great. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, if you would, uh, to get started, uh, just tell me a little bit about uh, who you are, uh, where you are, and uh, and what you're working on. Okay, I'm Keith Casey. I'm a software developer based out of Austin, Texas. I've been doing software now 10 or 12 years or so. My primary focus is in the PHP community, which I've been there for uh, pushing on eight years, I guess, now. Um, but what I do to actually pay the bills is I work with a company called Blue Parabola, and we have some of the, you know, more, a handful of notable people within the PHP community. Marco Tabini um, was one of the co-founders of PHP Architect Magazine. We've got Cal Evans, who his claim to fame was uh, drinking his way through, I'm sorry, moderating a few Zencons. And was the community <laughs> manager over there, yeah. And we are 100% distributed. We've got two people in Toronto that work from their homes. Uh, uh, one, our magazine editor, Beth, uh, Elizabeth Tucker Long, she is based outside Madison, Wisconsin. Cal is in Nashville, and I'm in Austin. Okay, wow, that's a that's a pretty widely uh, distributed team. So, um, so maybe maybe if you could tell me a little bit about the uh, the history behind that. How did such a uh, uh, dispersed team come into being? Uh, well, it's sort of the natural progression of things. I've been based in I was based in DC for about nine years or so, and I did you know full time on site contracting everything like that, and then I took a formal contracting role, and this was probably six or seven years ago, and they wanted me to be on site. Um, you know, five days a week, eight hours a day, that sort of thing. And I started pushing them, and I said, well, you know what? I'm a contractor. I don't have to do that. And so they relented and letting me telecommute once a day or once a week and then twice a week and then two or three times. And then Cal and Marco and those guys had already been telecommuting for years. So when we started Blue Parabola up um, almost three years ago now, it was just myself and Marco, and we were 100% telecommute at that point. And then we added... Elizabeth and Cal in the last probably year, year and a half. And so it's just sort of been a natural progression. We've all been doing it for years and seemed like the ne- next logical step. Mm-hmm. So you, you feel pretty comfortable with it at this point? Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I really enjoy it for the most part. 
sometimes kids in the background are kind of a pain, but you know, mm-hmm. we deal. Now, uh, Blue Parabola, tell me um, a little bit more about about what you do. Okay, um, Blue Parabola is a very it's one of the more active companies in the PHP community that you've never heard of. We run PHP Architect Magazine. We run uh, PHP Tech, which is our conference coming up in Chicago next month. Um, that's the end of May. We have we do contracting, consulting. We do training, uh, mostly PHP stuff. I did a live on-site training thing last week. And our, our general thing is we work with companies and people trying to understand the PHP community because mm-hmm. that's what we're, we're in on a day-to-day basis. We swim in that. We live. We breathe it. So companies like Microsoft or Adobe, we, we tell them, here's how the community looks at this this product or the, this project, and here's how to make this a little more interesting or appealing, or don't use that phrase. That's offensive, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. I, I'm, I'm curious now. What is a, an offensive phrase to a PHP developer? <laughs> Um, Well, this is actually public information, so I can share this one. We were at a developer summit at Microsoft about a year and a half ago, and one of the VPs of something or others was talking about how Microsoft is getting engaged in open source. And some of their efforts have been great. Let me just give them credit for that. But he said, oh, this this new effort is a great thing. It'll finally make open source legitimate. (laughs) And and I I was like, wait, what? And he goes, well, yeah, people. Companies will know that it's more than three guys in the basement. And we're like, <laughs> what? And um, that turned into what I would call a heated debate mm-hmm. um, with myself on one side and some VP of something or other on the other. And uh, it, at the end of the day, we were all friends again, but it just – there's a little tension there for a little while. Uh, so you're kind of a – you're kind of a, a buffer zone uh, between the – the corporate world and the uh, the open source PHP world. Well, we we tr- we try to make we try and convince the sides that we should play nice together. Right. And sometimes it works better than others. Mm-hmm. So um so you're working um with these these people from all over um North America. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what a, what a day in the life of that is like? Um, yes actually sometimes we have a couple people we work with in Europe they do some training for us so sometimes a day in the life starts at about 2am my time if something is wrong and they say hey the server's down we need to do blah 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 then my phone rings which is not always a pleasant thing Um, but generally we like I'm central time so I get rolling probably about 8.30 we usually have a, a chat channel open at that point already discussing things uh, we do a couple status calls in the week where everyone shows up. It's mandatory, um, and we we basically go through a list of saying, you know, who's doing what, how's it going, uh, what's coming up, what have you just wrapped, that sort of thing. So we would love to do like a formal daily stand up in some ways, but it, it's just a little too difficult to coordinate most times between mm-hmm. training and travel and everything. So we do mm-hmm. twice a week. We do on Tuesday mornings, and then we do on Thursday afternoons. Okay. We found Thursday afternoons were better than Fridays, not only because it's it's not Friday. Friday's mm-hmm. meetings are always bad. But also because if something's wrong or something needs fixing, you still have a full day to resolve right. it. Right. Yeah, it's like the old rule, never release on Friday. Yeah, exactly. We try to release on Tuesdays. That seems to be a good time. <laughs> yeah, Tuesdays or Wednesdays are a good day for releases, in my experience. Um, um, but yeah, we so we coordinate with people mostly across North America. So I've got people one hour ahead to two hours behind. A um, handful of people on the West Coast, not a whole lot at the moment, mostly East and East Coast and, and Central Time Zone. 
you you said you keep a, a a chat channel open. That's using Skype. Yes. Okay. Any other um any other tools that you find particularly useful in coordinating um, this? Yes, we obviously Skype. We live and die with that. Uh, we've tried IRC a few times. It just it hasn't worked for us. Google Docs has been vital in terms of passing things around um, and being able to all edit the same document at the same time is really mm-hmm. handy, especially with like the mar- marketing materials for a conference. To be able mm-hmm. to put a rough draft up there and then people focus on their parts. Um, we do use Web Project intermittently. That's a open source project. It's web-based project management. I actually lead that project. Mm-hmm. And then um, we've, we're trying out different CRM solutions. Sugar CRM is the, the big one we're playing with right now. Okay. So, um, so that, that leads into, uh, the, what you, you mentioned, uh, web to project, um, uh, and that's a, a project that, you get, like you said, your, your lead developer on. Tell us, uh, a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. It's a, um, it's LAMP based, so it's Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP. It works on IAS and all that fun sort of stuff. Uh, but it's, it's all about web based project management. And so, it's different from something like Basecamp. Basecamp is great at listing your to-do items for saying, you know, I need to get these 10 things done today. Um, web to project is more formal project management. So you say, I've got to get these 10 things done, but items number three, four, and five depend on number one being done. Mm-hmm. And I think number one will take six hours. So if we start the task at 8 a.m. this morning, it'll take until 2 or 3 p.m. And these tasks, if they start today, they won't end till tomorrow. So it's really good at sort of figuring out, well, you tell it those dependencies, and then it figures out approximate end dates for you and uh, gives you a better feel for it. And if you're like the formal project management type, it actually has Gantt charts too. Mm-hmm. So all kinds of worms and fuzzies. <laughs> How'd that get started? Oh, wow, those are ancient times. Um, it's actually a fork of another project called Dot Project, which is much more common and more, more people have heard of. We That started back in 2000, 2001, and... I was with that team for three years or so, and then 2006, 2007, we saw development was really slowing. And mm-hmm. in 2007, the the leaders of the project wanted to go one direction, and the other half of the team wanted to go the other. So we went that other direction mm-hmm. and um, have been releasing since. So we, we really – there's a book called Building Open Source Software from uh, Carl Fogel. Fantastic book. And it talks about like the the mindset and the psychology that you need to have in managing an open source team that's you know completely distributed, completely voluntary, um, mm-hmm. has to get some stuff done, and that that really changed our perspective and how we looked at everything. Does that do, does the uh, the experience of of working with a distributed open source team inform your work with a with a um, a commercial team at all, or vice versa? Oh yes, definitely. Um, Working on the open source side of things, obviously, no one's getting paid. Um, you know, I can't. I'm the lead of the the project just because I happened to pick up the mantle when the the other leader had some the, some personal issues he couldn't take care of, um, or the the project sort of lagged during that. Mm-hmm. So, being able to be in charge and not being able to direct people, but to being able to say, "Hey, look, this is important. This is why it's important. Here's why I think you should find it important." I think that's definitely impacted my professional life because you need you need to be able to make your case. You need to be able to convince people of things. And when you don't have the power to do it, that to, to force them to do it or to right. instruct them to do it, you need to come up with another way. Hmm. That's an interesting point. So you, you really need to find a way to, to kind of motivate them to make them them be invested in in getting that done. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's a completely different perspective that I hadn't even considered till probably a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Is that when you assumed the the leadership of the project? Yeah, sort of. Okay. It was it was less of a, a you know launch date as more of a sort of steady transition. I'm not uh-huh. sure when I got put in charge. <laughs> now, is that something where you have kind of a, like a a commercial side to that project where you do like hosting and support or anything like that, or is that just purely um, open source work? Um, to uh, you know, it's primarily open source work. I'm, I'm sorry. It's uh, it's primarily open source work. There are a number of people that do do custom modules on top of it. I'm I'm one of them. So mm-hmm. I do a project here and there. Um, and I, I I structure. I don't know about the other guys, but I structure in terms of if you're if the customer is willing to let this go into a core application or like a a module that gets released, you know, I give them a pretty significant discount just because it's easier for everyone that way. Mm-hmm. Um. I would lo- I'd love to get into professional hosting because our target market and the, the people that primarily use us are not developers. They're project managers. They just want to get stuff done. They don't right. care about setting up PHP and you tell them Apache and they go, Apache what? So, so um, you're working from, from home? Is yes. That okay. I'm sitting at my desk with my feet up right now. And that's, that's your typical – you're typically working from home? Yes, um, Austin does have a number of co-working spaces. None of them are conveniently located at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, how do you feel about that? What, what are the ups and downs of, of working from home? Oh, yes. Um, the the biggest up by far is no commute time. I mean, I, I reclaim a couple hours of my life that way. In D.C., I had easily 45 minutes to an hour each way on a good day, and so I just don't have that anymore. And it's spoiled me because now driving 15, 20 minutes seems like a big deal, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a bad thing, I guess. And then in terms of negatives, I, I think the biggest problem is stopping at the end of the day mm-hmm. because there's, there's always one more email, there's one more call, there's always one more bug report, whatever. So being able to say, okay, I'm done has been really nice – or it's really difficult. It, it's been really nice since we moved to Austin because I have a separate office before I was in the bedroom, which made things horribly painful. Mm-hmm. Do you um, do you see each other in person as a team very often? Uh, we, we try to do about once a quarter. It usually doesn't work out that way, so it's mm-hmm. more like every four or five months. Uh, but we definitely do do in-person stuff, if nothing else, at the conferences we organize. Right. Yeah, I guess that helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it sort of does. It, it seems like it should, but on the flip side, when we show up at the conference, there's so much to do that it's like, hey, oh, hey, how are you doing? Okay, bye. Mm-hmm. So. What's your What's your process for um, for adding people to the team? I mean, is it? I mean, do you do you seek to grow and and as a dist- dispersed team, how does that work? If you do, um, we we aren't actively seeking to grow now. Uh-huh. Uh, when we do need people, we generally know we know some of the best and brightest in the community. There's mm-hmm. there's lots of times where people say, "Oh, do you know how to use this package or this library?" And we don't know, we don't necessarily know how to use it, but we know the guy who wrote it. So, mm-hmm. in in terms of bringing people in a team, we, there hasn't been a long term effort to be able to to really focus and do that. Um, it's generally sort of one off projects or one off efforts, sort of things. Um, Actually, let me rephrase that. Beth is probably the newest member of the team that we brought her into sort of the the act of collaboration. And mm-hmm. it really wasn't too hard. We basically made sure she was on the, all the email lists, put her in 
um, got her connected up with the Skype chat and everything like that, and then just made sure that decisions that were previously made just between a couple of us, that we made them out in public, in the open, among all of us. So even if you weren't involved in it, you could see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, and we found that that's kind of a key thing because there's so many times where, you know, whether it's Beth or somebody else, they just have insight or a different perspective or different information than somebody else has. And that having everything happen right there in the open is, it, it makes a lot more camaraderie than private channels all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is, I, I think you're maybe the, the second or the third person I've talked to who's part of a, um, a distributed team, particularly doing PHP work. Is there a, is there, is the PHP community particularly sort of oriented towards, um, working in these distributed, uh, teams or working from home? Um, I don't, I don't think it's particularly oriented to it. I, I think PHP is sort of, it's become so mainstream in a lot of different ways that big company or companies doing big things, they need to hire people. They need to hire them wherever they are. Um, because the, the local market doesn't have enough or the right people or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I, th- I think it's just, it's more of a, a desperation than anything on the company's behalf. They want to bring somebody on. The person doesn't e- either wants to continue contracting or doesn't want to move. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of goes from there. Mm-hmm. Would you say there are people that are, that are sort of more suited to remote work and, and people that are less suited? Um, yes. I would never have a junior guy doing remote work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they need to they need to be involved in the organization or the project or whatever and demonstrate some skill and some maturity there. Um, obviously, open source is kind of the exception, but to be able to get involved there, you have to show up and do it. So it's, it's more of a self-starter, bias towards self-starters. But in a company, new guys, never. Like completely new developers, never. I think mentorship and there's so many other pieces that they need to have sort of sitting together with somebody else sort of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of particularly suited, beyond being like a self-starter and being able to make a list of what needs to get, get done and then actually getting it done, I can't really can't really come up with anything. Mm-hmm. Would you would you set foot in a uh, in a traditional office again? Uh, if the opportunity were presented. Uh, that's a good question. I, it's the sort of thing that I, I like visiting. Mm-hmm. I don't like living there. Um, so, I mean, I'd, I'd go on site for customers pretty regularly in terms of doing presentations and training and stuff like that. But I really like having the flexibility of, um, working when I want, wanting to, you know, have a cookie outside on the, the porch with my wife, you know, stuff like that, that I just wouldn't get in a normal office. Mm-hmm. If there was one piece of advice you could give to um, to a team that's getting started working um, in a dispersed fashion, well, what would it be? I would say even before you start working in a dispersed um, dispersed fashion, start open up those channels of communication now. You know, open up that Skype channel or IRC or whatever it is, and start having a lot of those sort of official conversations. Like, not you know, did you catch the game last night? But you know, we're considering doing this or this. What do you think? Having those conversations in that channel and get people used to it there. You get, mm-hmm. used, get people used to it then because it's one thing to, for us to exchange emails. It's another thing for us to exchange emails and being, a, being able to look down the hall or, or go and talk to you and get clarification. So I think there's some connections there that 
are really, really useful to be built. They don't have to be, but I think it'd be really powerful. Mm-hmm. All right, before we go, um, is there um, where, where can people find you and your company and your projects online? Um, most useful place to find me is kcsoftware.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y, software.com. Um, if you want to learn about Blue Parabola or PHP Architect or anything like that, that's phparch, that's phparch.com. And then uh, web to project is web2, as in the number, project.net. And that's open source. Anyone can download that. All right. Well, Keith, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wide Teams podcast. Please visit us on the web at wideteams.com to leave feedback and enjoy more articles, screencasts, and conversations about dispersed teams. The Wide Teams podcast is a service of ShipRise LLC and is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next time, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Wow, 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 wow.